Well, if you're not getting good sleep, you can develop insulin resistance within two weeks. Your blood sugars can really go wonky. The biggest way I've improved people's sleep is by having them take technology out of the bedroom. And this is not just television. It's also the phone. Like I don't understand why people sleep with a phone next to their heads, given that research has shown that that raises cortisol levels. Really? Just just having a phone next to you, even if you're not looking at it? Yes. Wow. It's electromagnetic fields. Oh yeah. my God. I've told this. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you up. I've I didn't told, know the cortisol. I've part. told Talene, don't put the phone next to your head because of yeah. like radiation and like this, yeah. that. Like, we don't know what could happen. Just like put that's it on the nightstand that's across the bed so it's not next to yeah. us. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian and helped my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna move them along and take control of yourself. Join a sister and a Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have Esther Blum. She is an integrative dietitian and high-performance coach. She has helped thousands of women permanently balance hormones and lose stubborn belly fat by treating the root cause of their health struggles. Esther is the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat and Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. She currently maintains a busy virtual practice where she provides 360 degrees of healing with physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual support. Esther believes that diet and supplements are the foundation to healing, but treating the whole person is paramount. Welcome, Esther. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Yes. Thanks so, so much. We're so excited to have you here. And we want to ask you first, uh, before we get started, something that really intrigues us is that you're an integrative dietitian. Could you explain to our listeners how that is different than just a regular registered dietitian and what more you offer? Sure. So uh, I worked in hospitals the first five years of my career. I was a clinical dietitian. I had a bachelor's and a master's in clinical nutrition, which most people don't realize is a pre-med degree with just no physics, which is why I did it because I really was not good at physics. I love that Um, you mentioned that because (laughs) I totally went into nutrition from health science because I didn't want to take that physics class. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I took physics at freshman year and I was like, this is not for me. So, um, but yes, so my, my father and grandfather were both physicians and, um, my grandfather really wanted me to go to medical school. When I said I was going into nutrition, he's like, you're never going to make money. You're never going to be a success. What are you doing? And my dad was like, he was a chemist and my grandfather made him go to medical school and he became a dermatologist. And he was like, trust me, if you don't want to go, don't go because it's yeah. and the hospital is a jealous mistress. And I didn't want the residency either. I mean, I admire the holly doctors who go through all that training. It's just incredible. So I worked in hospitals the first five years and was in the cardiology units and, um, you know, really great, great clinical experience. But I had 10 minutes to give diet instruction to people after they had a heart attack. And then I would never see them again. Mm -hmm. So I knew that to tell an 85 year old person 
you know, okay, eat this, not that. Here's a sheet of paper. Bye-bye. I did not think I was going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So um, long story short, I I became connected to um, a strength coach who had taken a course in functional medicine. It was like, you, and it wasn't even called functional medicine back then. You know, it was more like holistic nutrition. And she's like, wow, I did this really great course. And my grandfather at the time, uh, and the course was, you know, teaching people how to treat chronic health conditions with nutrients, nutrition and diet therapy, and things that I had not learned in spite of having two degrees in clinical nutrition. So my grandfather at the time had given me a $2,000 check to go towards my student loans. And so I put myself through grad school and I said, do you mind if I reinvest this in another course? And the course was exactly $2,000. So he was like, go ahead, it's okay. So that was my functional nutrition course. And then I left the hospital shortly after and worked for a functional medicine doctor uh, for two years and then sat for an exam, the CNS exam, which qualifies you to be a functional medicine dietitian. So since then I've been doing this over 26 years now. I'm actually like a hundred, but you know, because I follow what I preach, I just look much younger, but, uh, but it's really, it's an endless study. It's endless learning. It's endless challenging challenges. And the more I learn, you know, the more people I get to help. And it's so, as you, I'm sure you feel too, like, it's just so gratifying to be able to change someone's life by giving them the tools they need to feel better. Honestly, yeah. It's really powerful. It really is like my client successes just make my day. You know, if they're not doing well, I am, my spirits are low. I'm like, what puzzle do I still need to solve? What's going wrong? Where am I failing? Where am I falling short? Right. Mm -hmm. But then when they're doing well, I'm like, oh, see, all that effort was really worth it. I mean, it's worth it no matter what. But. Yeah, absolutely. And and how do you look at it, the body differently now, or not now, but ever since you became an integrative dietitian? Like, how did you? What what changes did that make in your own practice when yeah. you when you looked at your patients? So the testing that I do is different and much more comprehensive. You know, a regular if you go to um, a primary care physician, a classically trained Western medicine doctor, you'll get just some very basic blood tests. Well. Those blood test parameters haven't been updated since 1929. Mm -hmm. So, and and they're not comprehensive enough. You know, you'll get tests, maybe see if you're anemic or... Yeah, you'll find out the problem after it's there, not if it's coming, you know? So the the, the lab work is is still focused on data from 1929. Is that that true? Yeah, the parameters are from 1929, whereas the medicine, even for a thyroid test, functional medicine parameters are different than than lab tests. So you can pick up a lot more. I run a lot more tests, which raises a lot of eyebrows with doctors. They'll often say to their patients, well, why do you need a full thyroid panel? They want to do just a TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. And I run about four additional tests just on the thyroid. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I try to pick up the red flags for insulin management, for inflammation, for cardiac risk, diabetes, Um, And then I also do stool and urine testing to look at the gut microbiome and to look at hormone production and to look at neurotransmitters in the brain. It's amazing. amazing. It's really cool. 
It's You're so thorough. It's much more thorough. And then the diet therapy that I do is very different than just the ADA standard diet. So, you know, the food guide pyramid, if you followed it, there's, you wouldn't question why so many of us are obese and fat. Oh, like yeah. no, no one needs six to 11 servings of bread and carbohydrates every day. That's just not a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Could you imagine but, suggesting that to a woman with PCOS? Yeah. Or, right. Or insulin resistance or menopause or someone who's sedentary. Just no, it's got to yeah. stop. The food guide pyramid should be upside down on its, you know, <laughs> the other way. So there's a lot of misinformation. And what most people don't realize is the Dietetic Association is sponsored by, you know, Coca-Cola and Big uh, Ag. Dairy so Council. Like, the dairy council. And if you, I have like two sets of journals, right? Get the, uh, functional, I get today's dietitian and I get the ADA journal. And then I get the American journal of clinical nutrition and I'll get dietitians and functional medicine. Right. Uh And the, Ladder, the two ladder are vastly different from the form. In today's dietitian, it is ads for soybean oil, canola mm-hmm. oil, wow. uh, boost, right? Which is by Nestle. Yeah. So it's I a, started throwing them away. <laughs> I don't even read them now. I know. I know. <laughs> I get it. I really don't give much heed, but every now and then there's some nuggets and I'll check out the research, but it's just frustrating and disappointing. Yeah. It's well, really, how do you even trust the research? Yeah, Who is it backed by? You know, the, everything is so. I mean, isn't that like a conflict of interest when you know when you're paying for advertisement in magazines or when you're donating money to the dietetic? That's like a conflict of interest because yeah. now, you know, if that same person goes and says this is bad, their own advertisers are going to come back and take that money. It's a yeah. huge conflict of interest. That's right. That's correct. Yeah, it's really important, like you said, and you're re- really leading by example. Even if you've studied to be a dietitian, yeah. to be a doctor, to be anything, you should open your mind and research further and see what's really working for people. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that because they've spent so much time in school studying what they've studied. You know, at a certain point, you feel like, you know, it all, <laughs> you don't, there's so much more to learn about integrative health and really healing people. Well, yes. And it's also really busting up the myths um, and getting results. So I went to, this is a funny story too. I went to a meeting for, um, it was like dietitians who are entrepreneurs, right? And people said, well, how does everyone here treat diabetes? So everyone's like, oh, well, you know, I have, you know, diet therapy. And then I'll, I don't even remember what they said. Lucerna, who knows, right? And then I was like, oh, well, I'm using chromium and vanadium and uh, trace minerals. And one of them looked at me, she's like, we don't talk about that here. (laughs) about that here. What are you doing? And I was like, well, and they said, how do you live with yourself selling supplements? You're making money? And I said, this is an entrepreneurial group, number one. But number two, I said, you must all have really healthy patients. I treat people who are really sick. And food alone just ain't cutting it. Food alone is very helpful, okay? If someone's metabolically lean and they're eating real food, chances are they're not going to be diabetic anyway, or Mm -hmm. not type two. Uh, I'm not referring to type one, type two, okay? But most people aren't. And even, you know, I've run nutrient tests on myself and I eat pretty darn well. And, And my patients who are eating organic and are making an effort to eat clean, 
and they're still deficient in nutrients because if you have any kind of gut inflammation, if you have chronic stress, if you have insomnia, you know, or God forbid, if you eat a bagel every now and then, like you could have a nutrient deficiency too. Yeah. Right. So, you know, to me, supplements are not only a cheap insurance policy, but they get people feeling well. I mean, I'm treating women in their seventies who are like, I've never felt better. I finally mm -hmm. have energy again. Mm -hmm. you, it's very hard unless you're eating fresh frozen adrenal glands to get the nutrients you need to support your own adrenals from, <laughs> your, diet. <laughs> from your diet. It's just hard. You do need supplements and they're not to replace your diet. You can't out supplement your diet. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the definition is in the word itself to supplement, you know, you're supplementing your right. diet and lifestyle with proper uh, necessary tools. Also, the tests that you run allow you to understand what the next steps for supplements will be for your patients. You're not just throwing things out willy nilly. Yeah. Like your case, Tom, you take, you had some lab work done. You saw you, mm -hmm. had, you had some issues with your thyroid. So yeah. now you're taking some thyroid supplements mm -hmm. to help get that back to a normal level and hopefully yeah. stay there. It was leaning towards hypo. And I would have never known if it wasn't for the lab test. And our bodies are constantly changing. I could have been fine before and now I'm not, or later I might have something else. So important to keep up. And are you, and so you're going to redo your test to see like the before yeah. and after for yourself? Yeah, definitely. And do you notice a change in how you feel taking the supplements? I do. At first I had detox symptoms the first couple of weeks of taking it. So I was oh, really happy. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't see major hypothyroid symptoms. So that's why I didn't really know I had it a little bit. So, I mean, we'll see, like maybe I'll look leaner. Maybe, uh, maybe my body will change or my mood will change. I just started the supplement. So, so like what, like one month or two months? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you'll see. And if not, then you keep tweaking and figuring it out. Right. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and D-chiro-inositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth please so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds.
So tell us about the books that you've written. I recently purchased Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous. So Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, the whole motto is your body may be a temple, but who says it can't be a nightclub? So I love that. I read that. You know, Sex in the City was out at the time. It really inspired me. I, you know, I, I didn't read regular nutrition books, not because they weren't wonderfully rich in science and information, but because I just didn't find them so entertaining for me. Um, and so I wanted to write that book that was infotaining and like really just fun to read and made nutrition very sexy, but also very accessible. And I wanted it to also help people who maybe couldn't afford to hire a private practitioner, but really were hungry for the information. So I packed the first 15 years of my practice into that book. And it has everything from, you know, it was really an ode to my 20s in New York City. So there's a chapter on hangover recovery, a chapter on great sex, preventing UTIs and STDs and what to do if you had them. And also, you know, a lot of my patient stories, right? Um, I talked about mercury toxicity. I talked about breakups and PMS. So really just gave people a handbook, a little Bible. Yeah. And and, uh, Suzanne Vega actually dropped it into a New York Times article last summer. This is in like my top 10 books that I keep around. I was like, wow, that is so funny. So then I wrote um, Secrets of Gorgeous, which is just a one tip per page, a little page a day reminder of ways to get healthy. And then there was the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous project, which really kind of said, okay, after living life in the balance, if you know, you know, in your 20s, if you notice in your 30s and 40s, your body's starting to shift and, you know, you're not as lean as you used to be, you're not getting the same weight loss results you wanted start to tighten up your diet a little bit. So there's four different meal plans there. There's a gluten-free, there's a balance, there's a muscle building. um, And then there's kind of a a leaning out one and uh, it has food logs in there. So you can keep food logs. So it's a great accountability tool and really teaches you how to build muscle and get lean. And then the last book, Cave Women Don't Get Fat, um, is a paleo diet book for women because all the paleo diet books really address male health, but they don't address female health. So for example, when I was writing it, I researched like 73 studies on intermittent fasting and saw that only 13 were done on women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you, you know, it really gave me pause because you look at all of these food trends and all of these diet trends. Keto also is, is a great thing to talk about because Typically what I see in practice is it works great for menopausal women. And so does intermittent fasting when you're not having the monthly cyclical changes, but after about three to four months on keto, women, their adrenals and thyroid start to slowly conk out and they have to reintroduce carbs and their weight loss efforts stall and their fatigue goes away. But uh, keto does treat hot flashes beautifully. But there, the other way to treat hot flashes is hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. So where you don't have to be, you know, on a keto diet. So it really, you know, the, the goal was to really address a paleo diet for women and teach women to find their own unique carb tolerance. Absolutely. I love That's it. That's the key magic word, finding yes. your own unique carb tolerance. We talk about that all the time. And what you said about the intermittent fasting and keto, it's exactly like something that we have mentioned too. Like the research yeah. is done yeah. dominantly on men. 
and on women who are in their menopausal stage. Mm -hmm. So not for women who are in their reproductive age. Like yeah. we, we don't really know how it can impact them directly. And as you mentioned, after four months, it starts to have other issues on their health. So it's really important to like do your research and like see if those studies were actually done for someone in your current stage and mm -hmm. not for someone else. I'm sure you've seen this before when a woman with PCOS comes into your office and has done keto or intermittent fasting and said, oh, I lost my period or I only saw temporary results or I was miserable on it. Or some people, you know, temporarily they see some great results. But what's some of your, uh, what's the direction you give women with PCOS who come into your office? I'm sure you talk about, talk about carb tolerance with them as well. Yeah. And really, well, a couple things. Okay. One is again, I'll rub, run their blood work and see, you know, what their glucose is, what their fasting insulin is. I would have them wear a continuous glucose monitor so we can see how foods are really affecting their blood sugar. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll run a Dutch test on them to get a baseline of what their hormones look like. Even if they're on the pill or they're on Marina or the IUD, I still run the test because you know, I, I need to get a sense of what's their hormone production like, how are they detoxing it? And the, and the testing's more complicated, right? I have to do ovulation kits and see, are you ovulating? Or if you're not on the pill, if you're on the pill, you're not ovulating, you know? So we really have to kind of put the pieces together and really work on insulin management yeah. for them first and foremost. So if they're going to have carbs, they should be high in resistant starch, you know, beans and legumes, potatoes that have been cooked and cooled are higher in resistant starch. I actually just did an Instagram post on it this week, um, a Reels video. Um, oats, which are cooked and cooled, you know, starches that are oh, cooked and cooled. What's that? Tal I used to Talon do that. used to make that for me back yes. before when it was uh -huh. in the beginning of our romance. She <laughs> no longer does it. <laughs> what, what did you make exactly? I would make oatmeal, right? Yeah. And then I would put like chia seeds, nuts. And like dairy-free milk. And then you let that sit overnight. Yes. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. Overnight, yeah, yeah. overnight oats. Overnight oats. Yeah. Overnight oats, right? And so re foods that are higher in resistant starch take a longer time to break down and be absorbed into the bloodstream and raise your mm -hmm. blood sugar. So, and then of course I would make sure, you know, their protein is optimized quality with anything from lean meat to eggs, to fish, to poultry. You suggest then, protein powder? If protein powder is a convenient option, then yes. I mean, I never let perfect be the enemy of done. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, protein What's powder. Some of your suggest everyone always asks what protein powder should I take? Cause they know it's good for blood sugar. Control. Yeah. Well, protein powder, you know, you have to be careful with blood sugar because if you're blending it with fruit and you're drinking it, it's going to be absorbed much more quickly. So yeah. I tend to use protein powders. If someone is um, either deficient in protein, like let's say if someone does okay with dairy and they want, you know, a Greek yogurt for breakfast, I'll have them add a scoop of protein powder to that. Or if it's in a shake, I'll put in a couple of tablespoons of flax or chia seeds and some berries, which are lower glycemic mm -hmm. for sure. So if someone tolerates dairy, you know, you can find really great grass fed whey proteins. If they don't tolerate dairy, you could do it's again, not it's tricky. It's not a complete protein, but like the beef, there's beef Broth? collagen. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, there's a couple protein powders um, that have beef protein, but primal. Not, kitchen. 
Primal Kitchen Designs for Health makes one, but it's not, it's still not a complete protein. It's a little gray. And then there's pea protein, which is high in branched chain aminos, if you tolerate legumes. Mm-hmm. Always the caveat, right? If you tolerate. And then quality fats are really important for regulating a period. Fats that are anti-inflammatory and found in their natural state. So avocados, raw nuts and seeds, and you can try seed cycling if you're PCOS. It's very gentle and not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, olives, olive oil, coconut, coconut oil, butter. Those are all great sources of quality fat. What are some of the dailies that you would tell a woman with PCOS, like daily recommendations? Yeah. Chia or flax pudding, fiber, fiber binds excess estrogens and enables you to excrete it down the right pathways. Okay. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem I see when I do testing is that estrogen is either being recycled in the gut, right? You check someone's beta glucuronidase enzyme and you can see if it's just, if the levels are high, the estrogen is leaving the gut. So you want to make sure People are pooping and eliminating one to three times a day and getting a lot of fiber to capture and bind and excrete that excess estrogen. What are your go-to tips for fiber? Because I need to know for myself too. (laughs) Yeah. So for men, I love brown flax seeds because it's really great for prostate health. Um, Really, really important. You can soak chia seeds. Again, um, two tablespoons in three quarter cup of dairy-free milk is great. And then you can sweeten it if you want with some cinnamon or a little stevia or monk fruit. But I've just learned to eat it kind of straight up. It's very pleasant. Like it's, to me, it's like cereal and it's, it's very filling. If you are on a low FODMAP diet, um, sun fiber is a great fiber source that's very gentle on the gut. It's made from, I forget what fiber it's made from, but it's a very, it's guar gum. So it's a very gentle, gentle fiber. There's also paleo fiber by Designs for Health. That's another good fiber source. And of course, high fiber fruits and veggies. So another great takeaway for PCOS is you want veggies from the brassica family because those also help push estrogen down the right pathway, okay? So that would be broccoli, Brussels sprouts, artichokes, cauliflower, all of those are incredibly good for healthy estrogen metabolism. All the things that our parents were forcing us to eat when we were children (laughs) and we would be like, no, but now we got to do it. (laughs) That's right. But the other really important thing that people I think don't address enough are the lifestyle pieces. And that's what you put on your skin because you want to make a lot of things we put on our skin and this is men and women, okay? Be it hair care, be it skin cream, shaving creams, lotions, be it makeup, lipsticks, deodorants, perfumes, all of those can be endocrine disrupting. So you want to make sure that you're using natural products that have ingredients that you can recognize and pronounce, or at least look up on your phone. Right. Um, The environmental working group has a great list of clean versus dirty products, chemicals, you know, beauty counter for women has, or um, bare minerals. Those are great. Mm -hmm. I've been obsessed with, with what? Ilia Beauty. I literally bought everything that they offer and replaced (laughs) it with everything that I have. 
<laughs> How do you spell it? Wait, I got to write this down. It's I-L-I-A. And nice. I like it because they don't have a thousand different things. And for me, I like a simple makeup routine. I really just, I don't do a lot of contour, montour. Like it's not my thing it's for daily makeup. <laughs> like I just do the concealer, shadow, <laughs> mascara. And it's yeah. simple and it's great. And I'm happy with everything that they have. Okay. And I'm, I'm just so pleased. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I finish like an old product, I replace it with Ilya. I was going to say hashtag not an ad because we're, trust me, I've seen the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I've become That's an awesome. affiliate of them because I'm just so pleased with their products. Yeah. yeah. And so just keep your simpler, keep your skin and hair care really simple. And then of course, what you cook in also, you know, use ceramic coated yes. pans, um, like Le Creuset is great. Um, any stainless steel, mm-hmm. cast iron and, and storing your food in glass versus plastic. If you use a microwave, everything should be on glass, not plastic or styrofoam. And environmentally, it's it's better too. because right. Yeah. Totally it's all reusable, but being mindful of how your body interacts with the environment is also really important for PCOS or any any estrogen dominance or imbalances. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's I want to move on to also sleep. Talking about lifestyle, you know, we know that sleep is also really important. Could you kind of talk about like the impact sleep has on you know PCOS as well as other health issues and how to get better sleep? Yeah. Well, if you're not getting good sleep, you know, you can develop insulin resistance within two weeks, your blood sugars can really go wonky. And again, a great way to see how it's affecting you is to wear a a continuous glucose monitor. And you can see, you can also wear like an URA ring. It's O-U-R-A. I have zero affiliation, either an URA ring, and that will really track the quality of your sleep. Okay. This seems so simple when I say it, but The biggest way I've improved people's sleep is by having them take technology out of the bedroom. And this is not just television. It's also the phone. Like, I don't understand why people sleep with a phone next to their heads, given that research has shown that that raises cortisol levels. Really? Really? Just having a phone next to you? Uh Uh-huh. Even if you're not looking at it? Yes. Wow. electromagnetic fields oh yeah. my god i've told this sorry i don't mean to cut you up i've I told the cortisol i've part. told Tallinn, don't put the phone next to your head because of yeah. like radiation and like this yeah. that like we don't know what could happen just like put that's it on the nightstand that's across the bed so it's not next to yeah. us right don't put it and 5g technology is military grade we're not supposed to have this level of radiation near us as humans so never put it in your bra Don't put it in your pockets near your reproductive organs. Keep it away. Speak wireless if you can, you know, or just use the old-fashioned headsets, which you plug in, uh, are lower radiation. The blue light emitted from technology, be it the iPad, your phone, even the TV, right? So put your phone away. I try. I'm not perfect, but most nights I shut it off between eight and nine, and I just shut off my phone. I leave it in my kitchen and my bedroom's upstairs. So I am nowhere near my phone. If you have a router in your bedroom, let's say you live in an apartment, right? You have a router in your bedroom, shut the router off at night or unplug it. Unplug technology, cover with electric tape, like cover up any lights, get a battery operated clock. So you're not, you can't see what time it is if you wake up at four in the morning, like who cares? Don't look at the clock. 
Mm-hmm. Why am I saying all this? And you can get my glasses. You can see they have like blue light blockers. Right. Why am I telling you all this? Because the blue light disrupts melatonin production in your brain, in the pineal gland, your brain. So that's why you sleep better when you're like camping outside because things are dark. It's natural yeah. light and you wake up to natural light. So the same goes true for sleep is how you go to bed, which should be in total darkness. So if you don't have blackout shades, you can even just wear an eye mask, right? Mm -hmm. And in the morning, get outside. If you want to have coffee on your front doorstep, if you want to take a walk, the spectrum of light is a thousand times greater outside and has more frequencies or variations than any indoor light. So you want to get outside because that regulates your cortisol and your circadian rhythms. And over time, that will help your sleep. But most people I see just by getting rid of the phone at night, their sleep improves dramatically within 24 to 72 hours. You've certainly convinced me <laughs> with the cortisol, <laughs> anything that's going to keep my cortisol stable. I'd yeah. like to also add that Ilia Beauty has a blue light protecting spray that you can put on your face. On your now, eyeballs? I don't really know why. Yeah, on your eyeballs, I, exactly. Like where? On your face? I, I No, no, just on your skin. Now, I don't know what effect oh, blue light has it. on your skin, but it obviously has some type of effect if they're selling this. I haven't looked into it. This, it I've got to look into that. That sounds a little suspect, but let's yeah. see. Let's see. Yeah. On the skin. That's interesting. I don't know. To protect your skin. Yeah. yeah. The eyes make sense. Maybe it contributes to wrinkles. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I'm definitely like yesterday I made that mistake. It was like 10 o'clock. I was watching TV and I, for some reason, I mean, the TV is bad enough, but I picked up my phone and I went on Reddit for like 10 minutes. And then I, afterwards, I was like, I felt drained. I was like, what am I doing? And I just like put it away. It's so annoying. And I definitely felt like my cortisol, like I just didn't yeah. feel as calm as I did like 15 minutes before. So I think I'm going to either turn it off or like put it, like put it in the kitchen somewhere where I don't, you know, I don't yeah. go there after 10 o'clock or it's something. It's true. The nights that I'm really consistent with like reading, getting in bed, relaxing, not looking at my phone or even the TV, I feel so good. Yeah. And the next morning I feel better. Seriously. And the one thing is to like when I, when we wake up, sometimes the first thing you grab is the phone, right? Yeah. Like I do it too. I'm like, we want to look at the phone, see our notifications, get that like dopamine get high. Get out of bed. Yeah, let's work. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if you can delay that, that's great too. I do... I admit I'm on my phone early in the morning because that's just my productive time. I walk yeah. my dog for an hour and on the walk is like my creative downloads or I'll send emails or text my clients. Like that's a very active time. And then yeah. at night, it just, it it's a real nice come down and just get in yeah. bed, dim lights, you know, and just relaxing time like we have we have a, a king-size bed and, and my son and dog and husband and I will all just crawl in there and read and hang out and it's How nice it's so cute very yeah. nice and quiet so yeah just you gotta chill we, we all have to give ourselves permission to unplug and just not my family knows like if you call me after eight somebody better be dead because <laughs> like do not bother me I'm not nice I don't want to talk to you I'm done but like call me at 5 30 in the morning six i am up out i will wow. chat, chat you up so it's amazing i love that <laughs> <laughs> now you did mention your husband so it's a perfect uh last question before we go you're on a sister and her mister so we wanted to ask you say you've said in the past that a partner is very important in the process you know for focus and accountability can you talk more about that 
Yeah. So, well, I will say my husband is, he is like the most supportive human in the world and just really gives me a really good foundation, but he's not my accountability partner. I do have support. I work with amazing, uh, I'm working with two functional medicine doctors who are partnering to help me treat, you know, mold, Lyme and SIBO good times. And, uh, and then I have a business coach. Um, but I, for my people, what I do for my clients is to be their accountability partner and their advocate, because what I see more and more is there's a huge gap between functional medicine and primary care. And so I am often their advocate and will call the doctor's office or write letters or say, this is the reason why they need these tests. Please run these tests. Some doctors are wonderful, really partner with me. Others really are not comfortable doing that. They aren't comfortable prescribing hormones the way I recommend or extra testing. So then in those cases, I help my clients find new doctors who will partner with, and they are out of network. And uh, when my clients say, oh my gosh, it's expensive. And I'm like, but look at the time you're going to save yeah. by just hiring someone who is not going to give you a hassle and is going to order every test and partner with you. So years ago, now I, I don't even have a primary care physician myself. I just always hire functional medicine people Yeah, because it saves me a lot more time and hassle. I don't have the time to sit and bang on doors and ask for tests and ask for this and that. I just want to call my doctor, put a message into the patient portal, say, you know, now this prescription, can you refill it? Or can I get an appointment to talk to you about this? And it's just not even an issue. Yeah. Right. I wish that it, it comes to that one day where like that whole process is that simple, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it kind of, it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, you know, like the, the virtual um, service that you provide like all your resources and as well as our resources that we provide like all these resources really help people who are not able to find the right doctor or who can't afford to go to the correct doctor or even just they don't know where to start and it's really amazing that like we're all able to provide these resources mm -hmm. so people can get started on their journey and like yes. even like be able to afford it and like find the next steps without worrying yeah so can I give you guys a couple resources for your people? Of yeah, course. absolutely. I was just going to say, could you let us know where people can find you? Yeah. Where... yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at gorgeous Esther. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, I try to give a lot, lot of information out there on hormones and digestion and weight and just fun. I try to make it very fun and infotain. And then if you go to my website, estherblum.com and enter your email, you will get my three-part video training on how to crush your cravings in three days. Cause we all like everyone's really struggling with sugar cravings. Uh -huh. um, so it's a video training and an ebook. And then for five of your listeners, I've opened up my calendar for the um, five 30 minute consultations. These are complimentary. Wow. These are for people who are serious about moving the needle with their health, who have a specific problem, be it PCOS or trying to lose weight or insulin management and really need help figuring out how to solve that puzzle. 
So people leave with the consultation with three strategic tools to move them towards their goal. And you go to estherblum.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L. Perfect. And we'll put that in the episode description. So listeners, head over to the episode description to find the website, Instagram, as well as, you know, the the, the tools to- To contact Esther Blum. That's right. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys. I'm so excited to be here today. You guys have a great podcast. Oh, Oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with another one. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.